So there's been like this super intense swell in um, Southern California this past week. And as a result of the swell, the waves have been like out of control big. Um, and for advanced surfers, that's like really good news. But for someone like me, it generally means I just get my ass kicked in the waves whenever I go out. And last Wednesday, I went to Doheny State Beach, uh, which is just like a state park in South Orange County. Uh, it's really, really awesome vibes. It's tons of surfers. It feels like Hawaii or something. Um, or it feels like Hawaii to someone who's only been to Hawaii once. <laughs> but anyways, it's good vibes and it's really fun and it's a great place. It's like a great summer spot. And I went last Wednesday and um, I felt really good going out. Like I was like, today's going to be the, the day. I'm really going to have a great productive day of surfing. And I just got crushed. There were hundreds of people out in the water, so it felt like super unsafe. And the waves were like five to seven feet crashing hard close to the shore. It was like a disaster. And I was out for probably about two out. No, not two. I was out for probably about an hour. And the session end, ended with me just like crawling out of the water on all fours, like just dragging my board behind me with the leash tied to my leg, all sorts of debris in my hair. I've got a big slash across my wetsuit. Um, I'm just like absolutely dejected. <laughs> I remarked to my friend, I was like, this is it, this is it, this is the last time, I'm done. I'm hanging it up, I'm done like all pissed off and <laughs> such a baby and um and I'm not done and I will definitely be um be back out there and I'm actually planning on going surfing tonight but I have a long history of <laughs> quitting surfing I think I've remarked I've, I've told somebody I've qu I'm quitting like probably at least five times I remember there was this one time that uh, Xander and I, we were surfing in Manhattan Beach. And we had a really tough day. Like the waves were really rough. And it was like our first year where we were learning how to surf. And um, we were driving in my Jeep and we had both boards. And I was struggling to get the boards in my car and I just, I had my board off to the side of the car and I got Xander's board and I just closed up the car, got in, started the car. He was like, dude, your board's still outside. I was like, no, I'm just leaving it. I'm quitting surfing, I'm done. <laughs> Let's go. And he had to convince me to, to, you know, get the board in the car and get back on the beach and get back up and, and not quit. That's the thing about surfing it, is it really, really um, tests your willpower and tests your ability to, to really get, get beat up out there and not be successful for a while, but just to keep 
keep getting after it. It's, it's really all about perseverance. And, um, and that's why this is the summer shred 2020. I'm going to be, uh, spending a lot of time in barrels by August, I think, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to take a while to get there. This is Patrick. Love y'all. It's summer sunglass season and I'm in the market for a new pair of sunglasses and I've been thinking about getting a pair of Oakley's and that makes me think about um, you know Oakley's are a pair of sunglasses a sunglass company that's actually they're actually produced in Southern California but they were really big in the 90s they're like big sunglasses that cover like a large portion of your face and they were marketed for like a lot of like extreme sports and they kind of have like this neon color scheme going on and they're pretty like outrageous um, over the top sunglasses. But in the 90s, they were all the rage. And I remember I used to get my Oakleys in the 90s on the streets of New York City. So Oakleys are, are pretty, fairly expensive sunglass and we used to buy uh, bootleg pairs whenever we would go into New York and we actually used to make trips into New York to go buy bootleg Oakley's and it was always such a big deal and so fun and uh, my best friend growing up um, Kevin Hurley he lived in Atlanta he moved out of California when we were in second grade but he used to come visit me every summer and always my mom would take us into New York for a day and we'd ride the train in, get off the train. You know, as soon as you get off the train, there's just all these guys out on the sidewalk with blankets laid out with uh, bootleg Oakley's, bootleg sunglasses, bootleg movies, and bootleg CDs. And then they would sell like hats and Yankees memorabilia and like all that shit. But um, on those trips with Kevin, our agenda was always... Let's get some Oakleys and let's peruse the bootleg music uh, section. So that was always our thing. And uh, like I remember on those trips in into New York, like we would go and get lunch at one of like the major theme restaurants in Times Square. So like we would go to the All-Star Cafe, um, which was like a themed restaurant based off of like I think it was opened by like Ken Griffey Jr. and like Scottie Pippen, like all these like big athletes came together to open this restaurant that was all based off, off sports. And we used to love that. And then sometimes we'd hit up Hard Rock Cafe or Planet Hollywood, or there's an, there was another theme restaurant uptown in New York called Jekyll and Hyde, which was like this like um, really detailed, like intense in, in attention to detail. Um, haunted house restaurant experience and um and i think jekyll and hyde was my favorite that place was really really magical and cool but yeah the 90s were like all about oakley's bootleg oakley's themed restaurants um and bootleg cds and i remember like they would always have uh in terms of music they'd always have like you know the biggest hit albums of the day 
but then they'd also have like these really awesome like hot 97 mixtapes and mixtapes put out by the source which was like the big hip-hop magazine at the time um and you know in the 90s if you were going to buy music you'd have to go to like um sam goody um and spend 19.99 on a cd so like accessing music was difficult it was hard it was really special it was like a big deal so being able to buy a, 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 a you know a new cd for five bucks on the street streets of new york was just like an absolutely magical thing so i'll always remember those summer trips into new york you know, with QT and we're all stuck in our houses, we, we really got to cherish those memories where uh, life was like normal. And I know we'll get there again. Uh, it's just going to take some time and patience. This is Patrick. Love y'all. Sean from Texas is a tattoo artist who works out of his studio in downtown LA. And uh, Sean from Texas is his Instagram handle. He's really, really big on Instagram. He has like hundreds of thousands of followers. People love him. And his style, it's really dark, it's really disturbing. He uses his own homemade tattoo gun, which is like, in effect, just like a, a prison tattoo gun, more or less. So like this highly sought after tattoo artist um, is more or less just giving like prison tats, which is a nuts vibe. And like when I say dark and disturbing imagery, that's like an absolute understatement. (laughs) Like this guy like excels at like depicting car accidents or just like you know, horrible things going on in, like, a grocery store. Um, There's almost, like, a David Lynch element to his work where there'll be, like, really horrifying things going on in, like, seemingly mundane environments. Um, But his work is hard to describe without, like, fully checking it out. So I recommend you check out his Instagram handle. But just be prepared. It's awesome. But it's, like, very dark. Um, and I happened to have a Sean from Texas tattoo that I got three years ago, pretty quickly after I moved to LA and, um, I had heard about him on Instagram. I I booked a session with him and I had to book it two months in advance. That's how like busy he was and his assistant Uh, sent me a pretty lengthy email, like giving me all these parameters for my tattoo appointment. Um, One being I could not even bring a phone with me into the studio, which I thought that that was interesting. And also, you know, he kind of gives like this like secret location. There's no like, the studio is in a storefront. It's just like a, this like sick loft in this amazing building um, downtown. So I, I roll up to the sick loft and um, I walk into like this this um, loft with like a massive motorcycle just parked in the middle. All of like these like demon paintings on the wall. And Sean from Texas is 
is like working on somebody, but he's got coveralls on like um, like a mechanic would wear, and you know tats all over, but prominently tattooed underneath both of his cheeks in capital letters he has I want to die written out um and I just thought that that was like absolutely amazing and I should also note that like he kind of looks like Ryan Gosling like he's like a a good looking guy (laughs) but he decided (laughs) to just get like this atrocious face tattoo which I have so much respect for um Sean from Texas, like his thing is, uh, you know, he has a couple motifs, like one being uh, car crashes, another being um, like very like 1990s interpretations of of aliens and UFOs. Um, And he does this one like space, spaceman, like in a, in kind of like a, a futuristic looking spacesuit. Um, and, and I, I got that tattoo. I got the spaceman. It's my be monumental tattoo. It marks like a really important period in my life when I was in monument Xander's. It's awesome. It's my favorite tattoo that I have. I absolutely love it. And I cherish it. And I've been thinking lately about, um, getting another Sean from Texas tattoo. And I've been thinking about what that will entail. And, um, and I've been kind of getting stoked about it. Um, and like Sean from Texas, like his thing is like, um, you know, he's super punk rock. Like he hates anything that's like commercial or corporate. Um, and, um, and I'm thinking like a really funny Sean from Texas tattoo would be a a fish tattoo like something like super goofy like the band playing on stage and like crazy stuff going on in like the crowd in front of them I don't know I have like a couple ideas <laughs> but like honestly I, I don't know if Sean from Texas would agree to even give a fish tattoo like I would just I would love love to like approach him with this concept and just you know I can't even imagine like the scoff that will come from but who knows maybe he's a fish head and you know um in my opinion fish is a pretty punk rock band um so we'll see Uh, i'll report back when once i have the sean from texas fish design uh this is patrick love y'all So a pretty hot topic during Q-Team has been haircuts. People have been um, outraged because they haven't been able to get their hair trimmed. And this was really prevalent uh, during like peak quarantine and like the first three months people were protesting. Um, And I've kind of just taken this as an opportunity to grow my hair out. You know, I, I used to have long hair back in the day in the monument days, I, I had long hair and um, it was super unruly, but I loved it. And I haven't had long hair since, so it's like a new, a new thing for me. 
and um, and it makes me think about um, funny epic haircuts that I've I've gotten in my life and probably around summer of 2006 my hair had been growing for about a year it was like super unkempt I mean like big sideburns um, I wasn't really even putting like product in it it was just like this big mess on the top of my head so Xander decided to take me to his uh, hairstylist who was this guy named Serge who also happened to be Elton John's personal hairstylist that was his claim to fame and he lived in this apartment in the Upper East Side um, he was from Russia he had like serious uh, Siegfried and Royd vibes going on like super nice guy but like you know he had like um, like this blonde almost like Jonathan Taylor Thomas hair going on um, pictures of Elton John all over the apartment and um, and he was super gay and he really liked uh, cutting guys with long hair's hair. That was his thing. So it was a free haircut. And I mean, this guy was like Elton John's personal stylist. So it was a free haircut from Elton John's haircutter. Um, in this guy's apartment, Upper East Side, pictures of Elton John everywhere. And, um, and I remember Xander took me, we rolled in. I was like super uncomfortable. Um, there, you know, there's like inappropriate pictures of like naked men everywhere. Um, and this guy like kind of sits me down in a chair, like in front of his fireplace. Um, and just starts like going to town. And he gave me this amazing haircut. Like I remember the inspiration, like Xander had this picture of Keith Richards from the 60s and he Keith Richards is kind of rocking like almost like a fashion like mullet and I remember that that was the plan for Surge and I remember we brought this picture with us and um and I walked out of there looking like a million bucks and that was like the summer that like monument like conquered Manhattan um and I'll always remember that Surge haircut I'm such a character, just like another little funny piece in the monument canon of like these just um, really hilarious, absurd situations that we like consistently found ourselves in. Um, so summer 2020, I'm gonna keep keep it going. I'm not even gonna do any any maintenance cuts probably until um, you know all this is over. Um, but I'm loving it. I'm letting it flow. I'm really hoping by December I have like a sick, sick Tom Schaefer-esque ponytail going on. So that's, <clears throat> that's all I got for you. This is Patrick. Love y'all. An interesting phenomena that I want to talk about is that of the fantasy draft. So I have some friends in New Jersey who organized this big 
overblown, intense fantasy draft every single summer. And I feel like this is a phenomenon that uh, a lot of people um, partake in every summer before the football season. And um, my friends in New Jersey, they have this big event. They make like a massive chart that like takes up an entire wall. Like this like chart's so big that it must take days to construct. And they use this chart for like draft picks, I guess. And it's an all day event and everyone quote unquote parties and, you know, picks their favorite players and gets all amped up and, and excited for the upcoming football season. Uh, my bros in New Jersey have literally been doing this for like the past 15 years and I've never been invited (laughs) intentionally because I've always hated on the fantasy draft and made very thinly failed threats to like show up and, and ruin the event just because I think it's just incredibly lame. But, you know, for me, I'm not someone who was really raised with a football team. I could care less about football. Like, I know who uh, Tom Brady is. I know the Patriots are, like, really good. I know that Eli Manning used to live in Hoboken. I used to see him around. And he always looked like a big-time bitch. So I was never an Eli Manning fan, but I know a lot of people love him. But I think he may have retired last year. I mean, like, honestly, I don't know anything about football. Um, And to each their own. But these fantasy drafts, man, it's just too much. It's too much herb, bullshit, planning, preparation, excitement, you know, Monday night football, Lots of wings, getting like wing sauce on your face and, you know, hanging out with the boys. Fucking fantasy draft season, summer 2020. Who's ready for it? This is Patrick. Love y'all.